Life is messy. Life is about a lot of life is about, you know, falling and failing and getting back up and maybe not getting back up and lots of other craziness. And if you, if you can kind of be and put yourself in a place of of reframe and perception and and realize that you are just like, you're, you're like everyone else. There's no one that's better than you just because someone looks better or looks more successful or looks at looks are deceiving. We're all, we're all trying to get by the best we can. Mm -hmm. And so I always take it to the point, well, if, if that can happen for that person, why can't that happen for me? Why not me? Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. This week's incredible guest is my friend, the ever dynamic Jennifer Cohen. Jen is an entrepreneur, brand strategist, podcaster, and educator. Her roster of clients have included some of Hollywood's greatest, some of the best Olympic athletes to ever do it, blockbuster recording artists, top CEOs, and more. She's the author of three books in fitness, wellness, and healthy habits, and is the host of the top-rated podcast, Habits & Hustle, featuring guest superstars like Tony Robbins, Mark Cuban, Chelsea Handler, and Bobby Brown. She sold companies for millions of dollars in the tech space. She's appeared on major network shows and is highly in demand as a motivational speaker for brands and business schools. Jen's TEDx talk, The Secret to Getting Anything You Want in Life, has received more than 5 million views. It's so good. You definitely got to check it out if you haven't seen it already. So it really goes without saying that Jen is an absolute badass. She is one of the most prolific women that I've ever known. And what I love so much about her is that she truly lives what she preaches. She's never afraid to go for it, to be bold and to evolve herself to the next level in every area of her life. Having known her for almost two decades now, I can truly say that she's the real thing. Her newest book, Bigger, Better, Bolder, Live the Life You Want, Not the Life You Get, is so good. It's an absolute game changer on the path to reaching your optimal potential and living your big life, which I'm so excited because we dive into, you know, pieces of it in this conversation. So some of the highlights of this talk are how to fortify your skills to find fulfillment and create continuous evolution the actionable ways you can be bold and take chances in order to to achieve the life that you desire, how to turn your greatest failures into your greatest successes, really powerful mindset tools to overcome fear, self-doubt, and analysis paralysis. We talk about the ways that fitness can really empower your performance in all areas in life. This episode is really just so rich with so many powerful takeaways, action steps. It's the perfect episode to kick this new year off with. I'm so proud to have Jen on the show. And honestly, it's not just a pitch. Get her new book. This is a killer book. It's a fast read and it will invigorate you. It will give you actionable steps to help you step into your boldest self. Because I firmly stand with her that, you know, if you're not operating with boldness, then you're probably living a lukewarm life. Honestly, it takes bold action to really create a you know, the life that, you know, is extraordinary, the life that I know all of you want to experience, you know, and furthermore, if you already are. So check out her book, definitely check her out on Instagram. Her podcast is one of my favorite podcasts. And we would love to hear from you if this episode, you know, gave you anything that really just struck a chord with you and you felt was valuable. Please let us know, share this up on your Instagram stories and tag Jen and I, our handles are in the show notes. And If you have not already given this podcast a five-star rating review, please, please do so. It means so much to me and my team. I say it all the time because it's that important. So without further ado, please enjoy this incredible conversation with the incredible Jennifer Cohen. Enjoy. 
We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. So I'm so excited because I actually, I don't even remember the last time I've seen you in real life, but I fucking love that you and I go way back. So I'm in, I'm in my second career and you're in like, you are one of the most prolific women I fucking know. And I, it's so admirable and there's so much to dive into in a small window of time. But first, before we, you know, get into all that, I'm just really grateful to be here with you and especially, you know, um, having that backstory with you, you know, and really being a witnesser. Like, you know, so for those who are not familiar yet, a lot of my audience knows I had a career as a professional makeup artist and that's how me and you, Jen, met. And um, I remember like in on state or on set, you know, witnessing your authenticity, witnessing your work ethic. <laughs> and we had some fucking long shoot days. <laughs> Did we ever? Oh my god! And by the way, you were an amazing makeup artist. I like so you don't do any of that anymore, huh? No, it's been years. Yeah, no, you know I have this whole thing around like uh, skill versus purpose careers, and so that was a. I mean, I have so much respect and love for that part of my career life. It was so important for me um, for so many reasons, but that was really me honing in on a skill, actually many skills, because to be a real, to climb to the top 1% like I did, it's not just makeup skills, it's business skills, right? But what I've been doing now as a writer, speaker, and you know, there's, there's coaching in my business too. This is purpose because I'm just showing up and I get to be me. And that's totally. the best part, right? So you, um, you know, again, like your tenacity back then, your work ethic. And I'm so excited because you have a new book coming out and I'm not all the way through it, but I, I mean this with all my heart. I already know that this is going to be one of the most gifted books that I can give, specifically, especially to women that I coach because it's so bigger, better, bolder, you know, which is centered around boldness. And we'll dive into all that. Um, but I do really feel so much resonance with the whole premise of the book that to really uh, to really achieve great things in life, whatever great is for anybody, you have to have you have have to have bold energy. You have to take bold action. So I'm so excited to dive deep into that with you because I really do believe that this individuals that can really including myself, like the more that we can fortify this skill that is boldness, the more that we're going to be able to really just cultivate more fulfillment in life, I believe. That's such a beautiful way of saying that. And I have to say too, I am so happy to be here with you because I always adored you. You did the best makeup, which, you know, I'm very upset that you don't do it anymore. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, the fact the funny thing is, that, yeah, we met on uh, on set for Weight Watchers, the the workout videos. Remember yes, that? Oh my God. How many years ago was that? That must have been like 16, 17 years ago. A yeah. long time. That's crazy. It's close to two decades. Yeah. It and I love that we have that that also there's so many things in common, like the fitness background and even how, you know, you really integrate like mind and body are one thing. And so much of what you, you know, so many of the skills and the attributes even that you fortified, you developed and have really helped to develop your whole career and like everything that you're doing really stems also from your your love and your experience within fitness. Totally true. A hundred percent. And you know what's so interesting? This is a great, you know, it's interesting because both of us had different quote unquote careers back then. Mm -hmm. But what we but we what we did is take skills that were transferable and we can use them in any other parts of our lives, yeah. professionally and personally, where I just feel like everything is an evolution, right? You may start someplace. And this is where I tell people in my book and what my big message, I guess, of of my whole philosophy is is basically based around this, is that don't don't count yourself out because you are this person right now because you have the ability to become whoever you want. And the reality is life isn't about, in my opinion, isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. And so in that creation, there is lots of different evolutions within that until you find where you really want to be. But you need to connect the dots. And you know, if you if you build certain skills, you can transfer them into any area. And so me, I was doing fitness videos, you were doing makeup. And 
look at us now, like 10, 15, 20 years later, that like served us really well in our life. We may not be doing that day to day as our skill set, right? But I'm not doing a squat or a lunge on a videotape (laughs) and and you're not doing eyeshadow, but nevertheless, you know, what it what it did te- what it what it was is like you need to have people skills. You need to have the ability to kind of deal with people, mm-hmm. and having the the ability to kind of read a room and know what how to act and how to act different personality types and all these other things where it served you well. And so that's that's why I feel that it's really sad because a lot of times people get very pigeonholed, you know, like you, you have to be a, because you were at one point of your life, a makeup artist, mm-hmm. I'm just using you. Yeah, as yeah. That means that you have to then forever always be a makeup artist, yeah. which is so like, it's so not true. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's not, you can be good at more than one things and you can morph into whatever you want. Like for me, to this day, because I was so hardcore in like fitness in a lot of different aspects of it, people see me still as a fitness person mm. and don't really see what goes on behind, like peel back the layers a couple a couple times and be like, oh, actually, yeah, she's good in that area. But because of that, she's also good in this area. And she then could, I mean, maybe she could run a business and sell a business and get the, you know, but yeah. people can get very myopic. And that's okay. where the lot of, a lot of times what other people's perception of you ends up at happening is that because someone sees you in one, one way, you end up seeing yourself that way. And that's when you're going to break that cycle and be like, that's your problem. Really? Yeah. I have lots of other things, right? No, it's so true. I love all that. And honestly, it's one of the things I really love about you is that First of all, to 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 evolve the way that you have, I mean, because you've done so many things, and you know, I'm not gonna. There's there's like a, a small window of time right now to to connect on this, but so I can't go through your whole resume because it's actually massive. But um, you know, to be able to do what you have done and what you continue to do, I feel first and foremost. You have to have a really strong ability to listen to your authentic self. Because that's... So my kind of framework around this is your authentic self is your heart. It's what you really want to say yes to, what you really want to say no to, what you really feel like you need to ask for, like all of this stuff or go this way or go that way, right? So, which is also why it's like, why did you not get pigeonholed? Because when you felt like it was time to move or evolve or try the new thing or whatever, like you, you fucking went, you did the thing, right? Would you? Would I did you... get pigeonholed. I still get pigeonholed. When I wrote this book and try to sell this book, uh, most people, mm-hmm. except you know a couple, were like, "Well, isn't she a fitness person? What is she? What is, you know? What? How does she have? What's her business in writing a book on being bold? Because it's people's very." myopic way of thinking and and mindset where they have a very fixed way of thinking about things. And therefore they did pigeonhole me. My whole life I've always been underestimated and I've always been pigeonholed. But the the irony of all of it is I always get pigeonholed into whatever that area was I was doing until I have to just prove them wrong, which is I, before I was in the fitness business, Right. I was in the music world. I was a, a head of marketing for a record label. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to leave the music world, because it was a time when everything was becoming very uh, different, it was like iTunes and it was a very different business back then. I left and I, in the interim of me trying to figure out what's next, mm-hmm. I became a personal trainer Mm-hmm. Uh, just so I can make some money. But to be honest with you, I was, I'm Canadian. So when I moved to, I got a job offer to come to the States to be in LA. And because I was on a working visa, I had no ways of making money if I wasn't with that record label. So I had to think quick. I'm like, okay, if I want to stay in this country, how can I make some quick money under the table? Let me Let me become a personal trainer. And that's the way my brain thought. So I can maybe have some clients, make some cash. And then I can kind of, as I go, figure out what my next move is, right? Well, in that whole process, I actually fell in love with the whole idea of of fitness and health and making that part of my 
my real career, even though I only always saw it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that took me down a whole different trajectory of like being in the fitness business. But before that, I had no business being in the fitness business. I was like, like I said, I was in the music world. And by the way, before I was in the music world, I was in the sports world. I worked for the Toronto Raptors. So I I had a lot of very, very different, uh, basically pillars of, of, of industry. And so when I became the fitness thing, I went really leaned in hard. And then I had my books in the fitness world and I had my deals with Weight Watchers and I had a fit, uh, a weight loss show and I had a weight loss shoe and I did all these things. And when I kind of was starting to become very entrepreneurial in the fitness space with creating my own fitness um, shoe and then my fitness app that got acquired, funnily enough, by Weight Watchers, which is a but a different time in Weight Watchers than when you and I knew each other. You know, people were like, well, aren't you a fitness person? I'm like, well, no, I am a fitness person, but I'm also a business person. If I was able to create an app, which is a tech, a tech company, right? yeah. and then sell that tech company to a massive company like Weight Watchers, can't that kind of break me out of that that space of just doing a lunge and a squat and a plank, yeah. but it still wasn't like that for some people. Yeah, And so that has always been the story. And so you can't let other people's like, you know, small mindedness hold you back. Mm-hmm. And so my advice and what I say all the time is like, you got to just go and like act and be, do whatever inspires you and you can figure out the rest later. And you learn as you go. You don't have to be an expert. I wasn't an expert in a tech company, but what I was an expert in at that time, because I made myself an expert Mm -hmm. was fitness stuff. I knew the fitness stuff. So because I really liked that, I figured out other ways to make things around me that I wasn't strong at other people to bring in other people to create a business. But at this, but my point of my saying, if you want something bad enough, you have the desire, you have to be bold and you've got to take a chance on yourself and you have to just not worry about having to have everything worked out and understood. And you could become an expert if you put the time and energy into it. Yeah, I love that. And I really love how you frame boldness as a skill because somebody could be listening to this and be like, well, that sounds like a gift that you have. You know, because it seems to come natural to you, but clearly you're saying, well, no, I just took one step and then took the next, right? But every step was me kind of flexing the bold muscle because it it does, it takes, it takes courage. And, you know, I think the relationship between boldness and courage really, you know, it's like in a partnership, would you say? A hundred percent true. So you're right. And I think that boldness is not something that you have to be born with. I think I think boldness is a skill like anything else and you can get better at it the more you practice at it. You know, like, you know, was maybe was I born maybe a little bit more bold than, you know, Jane or John, maybe, but there's been other people who are born much more bold than me. But what makes it difference makes the difference is whoever works at that the most gets to be, gets to be the boldest and continues to be the boldest because you know, it's not like you can just, you, you work at it for a finite period of time and then it's over and now you're bold, you know, like going to the gym and you not, you and I have this in common too. If you want to be strong, it's about consistency, right? You can't just work out for like two months and think you're going to be strong for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. right? Because eventually you stop working out, your muscles will atrophy and you'll become weak, right? Same thing with bold, boldness. It's like you can practice it, but you need to be consistent and do it all the time with little things, little bold moves to make sure that that muscle is still flexing and still working. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is really the, the, the crux of all of this about the book, about everything is that yeah. there's, you can, you can work your bold. You can do little bold moves little things daily that accumulates and compounds over time mm-hmm. that when you can ask and get comfortable with asking for little things, mm-hmm. it gives you that comfort level to ask for the bigger things, but you can't ask for the big things if you are uncomfortable with the small things. So 
what I did in the book is I gave people very actionable ways that they can integrate in their lives, ways that they can work on being bold. So it doesn't have to be something that seems so overwhelming. Yeah. No, you really feel, to the reader, it, I feel like you're coaching, you're my boldness coach in the book. It's it's yeah. so awesome because it's it's honestly, it can be very intimidating. What do you mean? I got to be bold and like, I got to do this. I got to ask for help. I got to ask for what I want. Like what's crazy about that is that that's actually, you know, one of the things I love so much, I have to just say this in the book is like the good enough mindset. You point this out, the good enough mindset. So many people are living from this good enough mindset that you, you know, you you tease out in the book and it is the result of um, not taking bold action and not doing what you're saying. Like, I also love how you talk about, it's essentially like the power of practice. You know, I always say like consistency is a magic pill. It's not the, you know, how how much, how fast, like, no. And we know this so well. It's the, the, the crossover, the carryover from fitness is just, it's the best, you know, because you see it so easily in in this space, you know, where it's like, my quote is like, inches make the mile. Like, are you kidding? Just keep putting the fucking reps in, rep, rep. Because you, if you don't do that, then it's, well, it's just what you just said. The atrophy takes place. And I feel like connecting the dot between atrophy, you know, not flexing the bold muscle and then the good enough mindset, people just settle, you know? Yeah, please. No, everything you said, I mean, listen, I, I'm... You're just saying my song. I think that's 100% <laughs> accurate, right? I think a couple of things here. I think most people acquiesce to what's in front of them. They take what's good enough yeah. because we don't have the courage to actually ask for whatever it is we want most in life, right? Mm-hmm. And that is stemmed in from a lot of self-doubt. We think that we're not good enough. We think we're not talented enough. We think we're not pretty enough. We're not athletic enough. And the list goes on. It's not smart enough, right? The list goes on and on and on. So instead of chasing it, we just kind of take what's available. And then we live our lives in this, in this way of kind of being status quo in this like stat place of status quo. Well, it's, it's fine. How's your marriage? It's okay. How's your job? Eh, it's okay. Like everything is okay. You know, everything's okay and fine. There's never like, oh, it's really good or I'm really happy. And I think a lot of that is because we never took the ownership on us to make things happen for us. Like, you know, we end up a lot of times people don't really go after the real job they want, right? They kind of go to school if they go to school. And then they just have, they apply for whatever they see available and then they get that job and then they work there for, let's say, 20 years, right? And then they're never really satiated or fulfilled. And one day can very easily turn into the next because life happens, right? In life, we, it's very easy to get caught in ruts because it's busy. We get kids, we have responsibilities. And then once, one, you, one time you, you look around and one year turned into three years, five years, 10 years. And you're like, where did all this time go? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I urge people to not allow that to happen to them because mm-hmm. it so easily happens. It happens to me too, unless I am very cognizant. And so like, you know, you have to take that agency within you. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is stop overthinking because we get... We are our we are our worst nightmares and our worst enemies. It's we stop ourselves from starting because we overthink all the things that are wrong with us, as opposed to just being like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to overthink that. I'm just going to start. I'm going to do. I'm going to go into action and take one little step, and then lo and behold, that one step turns into two steps, three steps, and then guess what? You've now walked, you know, a half a mile, right? Or whatever it is. Yeah. But we get so scared and so feared of failure that we don't even want to even make that step. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so that's the that's the part that you we were you were saying about the good enough when really it's really a question of just like going after it and starting by by just doing that one attempt. It's so, it's so true. One of the things I love too that you talk about is that, you know, we could be too smart for our own good. And it really yeah. correlates with what you just said about like the overthinking. But 
you know, usually when we think about someone who's really smart, it's 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 something that we see as very advantageous, right? But I do agree with you so deeply that actually being really smart can fire up the brain in a way where you're just like you're just you're you're in um like freeze mode, right? You're just overthinking. I actually think being too, being really smart is a detriment a lot of times because it does it, it it does stop you in the start. It makes you overthink. It makes you overanalyze. It you become a, you, you can have analysis paralysis because you're thinking of all the things that can go wrong. Yeah. But when you're bold, you can you think about all the things that can go right and you act. Now you can be sometimes impulsive when you're bold, but if you can measure that. The secret sauce, in my opinion, for success is being bold versus being brilliant. I mean, the world does favor the bold, not the brilliant. They say that, um, whoever those they are, yeah. because it's you know because it's true. I mean, the reality is, if I really look back and think about all the people that have really achieved enormous success, it's because they've been bold. Mm-hmm. They just they started, they acted, and they then they figured it out as they went. Versus having all the spreadsheets and the data and all the analytics and all the all the different stuff. Like, please, I mean, that will just bog you down. I mean, I'm not, I'm like average smart, if that. And I've done okay, you know what I mean? Because the what, because right? Because I went, I like just, I just started, I just tried. And the, really, the difference a lot between someone who wins and loses is someone who actually just stays the path. And just is like persistent and just doesn't give up, right? Yes, girl. Right? Like losing doesn't make you a loser, but quitting makes you a quitter. It's so true. Right? And so I live by that motto, you know, like I'm not a quitter and I'm not a, a loser only because I just kept on going. And that is like, to me, my kind of framework, like you are so on your team and I love that. And I'm not saying you can't have moments where maybe you're being hard on yourself or, you know, any of that energy. A lot of that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, how do you, let me ask you, when you, because look, I think we can both agree. I would like you to affirm this actually, that um, being bold or having strong, bold skill levels does not make you immune to fear. Like feeling fear. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. I've got fear all the time. I've got fear right now. <laughs> but, but tell me about that because again, you know, to 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 really help people who are like, but I I how do I get out of the fear part of this? Because okay, this sounds great, but what the fuck? Like, I don't know how to move past the fear. And everybody's fear is gonna be different, but I would just love to hear how some of your tactics. <laughs> First of all, I'm fearful all the time, but I don't let it stop me. That's the difference. I mean, I don't love public speaking. You know, a lot of the times when people are in the space that we're in, it requires a lot of like talking and public speaking and more public speaking. And I don't like it. It makes me very uncomfortable. I'm very insecure about it. I I know what I know and I like and I and I have my ideas and my philosophies, but I'm not, I don't claim to be the biggest expert on anything. I'm just telling people what, what works for me and what I've seen work for a lot of other people in, 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 in kind of like from like, from like, from, uh, from looking down and from my own experiences. But because in this business, like I said, you have to do a lot of this stuff. I like, I don't like it, but I, instead of kind of like avoiding it, I go through it because I can't avoid it. So you know, being being fearful is okay. You could be scared. Scared is normal. Yeah. I think the people who say they're not scared, there's something probably like not right because I think it's human nature to have that. But it's about it's about what how you're gonna how and what you're gonna do to deal with it. You can choose to to sit in a ball and cower about it, or you can choose to take ownership and agency of yourself and be like, okay, I don't like this. I'm super scared about it. I have a lot of insecurity, but I'm going to just do it anyway. And guess what happens? You do it anyway, and the thoughts in your head of what could happen are way worse than what really happened. Yeah. Nothing is ever as bad as you think it's going to be. That is the first thing. And the more you do something, because I've been having to do a lot 
of public speaking, especially now with promoting the book and doing all these things that now, like, you know, the it, it's uncomfortable at the beginning, but then you get more comfortable and it gets easier and it gets better because you're doing it so much more. And part of my my whole process and what I talk a lot about in the book is like how, how to get comfortable with that feeling, how to get comfortable with failure, how to get comfortable with asking for what what you want, how to get into a place where you have the courage to do tomorrow what you don't feel comfortable doing today. And this is not rocket science, but it's very simple. And a lot of it has to do with practice. You've got to practice and you've got to do it over and over and over again to get over that fear. And that's how you build resilience. And that's how you build character. When you do things you don't want to do, but you do it anyway. Fuck you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, you are firing me up. My heart is... Because I so stand with you in everything you're saying. And it's so, it's so crazy. Your TED Talk, was that like three years ago? Three, three years Two ago? Two and a half. I think Two now maybe, yeah. yeah. Which is so fucking good. And I remember when I first took that talk and I was like, when you're talking like presented the boldness, I'm like, oh my God, she nailed it. Exactly. And it's so, again, this is something I really genuinely love about you is like, listen, you are a very accomplished woman. Again, very prolific. You've done incredible things. Your career capital is so rich and you still, you know, you're charging forward. There's so much more coming from you, but it's, it's so amazing to witness your most authentic self express. Like, listen, um, here's the deal. By the way, Ted talk, like over four, 4.3 million views, I believe. No, it's actually at, I think it's at 5 million now. Is it? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, Something yeah. Crazy. Okay. I don't know. Something it's cool, so good. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and you're over here and you're like, and by the way, podcast, fucking crushing. And you're like, by the way, I, I'm not comfortable. I don't really like public speaking, which I understand. I understand you so deeply. Um, but you still do it. And, and, and here's the thing, you don't just do it, but you, this is the thing that's so important is that you show up with everything you got. Like whatever that fucking is in the moment, like you're giving it all. And I think that that's also a skill, you know, that you just practice. And so what I think is so valuable for everybody listening or watching right now is is that, you know, so many people could be making excuses about why it's not possible for them. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I mean, you literally called yourself a fucking professional failure, which is like the biggest. Yeah, I am a professional failure. I say all the time that I got a uh, a master's at falling and failing, but I got a PhD in, you know, getting myself back up and trying again. And that's basically what it is. It's that's incredible. It is. But you but at the same time, and I'm I'm saying it for you, and I bet like you are so well established, successful on many different levels. I mean, your family life, like it's not just you as an entrepreneur. It's, you know, and again, I go way back. So I I can literally, I know the personality, like I the through line. Like it's it's still you are you. You are you. Everybody and people who know me know that I am fucking me. So I am saying this to you. And I I think, again, the most valuable piece here is that you're really giving everyone permission. It's an invitation. Like, listen, you can make excuses, but I'm here to tell you that most of what you think or you see as a limitation is actually just an excuse. Compassion, but it's an excuse. So, yeah. I I believe, listen, I'm not one of these people, right? Um, I don't, you know... On social media, but a lot of people who throw a lot of molasses on you, you know what I mean? Like, like you are enough and you're great and you're wonderful and all these other things, which is good and true. However, that's not my way. And that's not my, I don't believe that we grow when that is the way we think. My, my thing is I always want to see how much further I can really grow and push myself to get to, to really self-actualize, right? Because if you see yourself as good enough all the time and I don't need to change, then where's the growth in that? Mm-hmm. And that's not my style, right? Like to me, that's just, it doesn't, that's not what how I feel. I feel like, you know, we are, we have to be 
our own CEO of our, of our life. And we have to take that ownership and we have the ability to become what we want and also become and or, or do nothing with it, right? It, the, the onus is on you, right? And I think that there's something to be said for work ethic and working hard, right? That you need to, nothing ever comes easy, right? Like I'm not saying even with this, like, oh, uh, if you want to be bold or if you want to get that, whatever that goal is, you know, just do this. No, truth of the matter is a lot of times it doesn't work out. A lot of times you don't reach that goal for lots of reasons. There's a lot of variables to why people succeed beyond, right? But what I will say, and what I do promise you, and what I promise people all the time, that if I promise you, if you go down the path of action and practice and working hard and picking, you know, a direction, not necessarily a destination, but a direction, and you stay in motion, you will may not find, you may not get to that, that goal necessarily, but another opportunity will present itself that you never knew existed. And that's the point that you sitting on your couch watching Netflix, guess what's going to happen? No opportunity. You're not going to find an opportunity over there. But where you will find opportunity is if you are open to opportunities, you say yes when you want to say no, mm-hmm. and you go out there and and try to do things. You may fail and it may not work out, but people's and my best successes always came from those failures, even though at the moment, I didn't know that that was going to happen. Like at that moment, you feel like, oh yeah, you feel like it's a failure. But if you can reframe how you see things in your head and be like, you know what, like this was a fail. I failed at this right now, but if maybe that just wasn't my, that wasn't, that wasn't my path. But if I brush myself off and get right back up and keep going, guess what? Another opportunity will happen. You know, so you, you have to kind of not let little things or failures stop you from keep on, from achieving what your really, your, your real path was supposed to be. Yeah, no, I love it. I love um, the distinction between direction and destination. I think that's so huge. And I also love how, you know, you essentially, you don't, you can look at yourself and go, oh, okay, here's a little kink in my armor, but that doesn't necessarily, you don't take ownership to it. Like, well, this is who I am. It's just noticing, hey, this is my Achilles heel or, hey, this is the kink in the armor. Let me, let me work on this. Let me get past this. Let me, because I think more often than not, what happens is um, some, either they don't want to face the kink in the armor or some, an area that they need to learn and grow, um, get better at, or, you know, they take ownership and it becomes part of their identity. And that I think is so powerful is that you're not attaching your identity to the areas that could be seen as like weaknesses or, you know, vulnerabilities that you want to strengthen and grow. It's huge. 100%. And I think there's a couple of things there. I don't, my identity is not wrapped up in a failure or or a success because both of them are fleeting and could have happened couldn't have happened, right? Like a lot of times, like things just lined up well because I was so persistent that I did succeed. And sometimes I was so persistent, but it still didn't work out. And I failed at it, but I got that other success down the road. So I don't attach my identity to that. But this is where it becomes something that I think we should touch on, which is all about perception, right? Like how you perceive something is is the reality of it, right? We can perceive things Mm-hmm. Uh, in a negative way, which is then where that rabbit hole of negativity and talk, and that's when you're in trouble. My little girl's in here. Yes, we are. Okay, thank you. You're okay. So cute. <laughs> I love her. Okay. Um, she's like, sorry. Um, love it. Sorry. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I got yeah. this. I got. You know, see, this is not perfect because my little girl just walked in, but things don't have to be perfect, right? Like perfection is overrated. And by the way, to that, I want to say something that you said earlier about my TED talk. Mm. You know, my TED talk was the most, was the most like like, fragmented thing in the world. Like I had someone at the beginning of that TED talk who they, someone brought a crying baby, like screaming and crying in the, in the audience. So it like distorted the uh, the audio and they asked me to like start again. So I was like two minutes in and they're like, uh, excuse me, can you start again? 
And then I had to, and it had the courage I had to work up to go and do the TED talk because I hate public speaking. Like I told you, right. Mm -hmm. Was so hard that my mouth was so dry. I had so much anxiety that I had to stop again and be like, um, can I get some water? Because I had like cotton mouth from the fact that I was like so uncomfortably anxious and then I was so nervous about like not saying something that I had like notes all over my arm and on my fan because you're not allowed to bring like notes up with you. You can't bring like, you can't bring anything. So I was like, oh my God, what if I lose my train of thought? So I put these little notes around on, on me. To this point, what I'm, why I'm bringing this up is it was hardly perfect. I got off the stage and I said to my husband, oh my God, I was such a disaster blah, blah, blah. Like probably no one will watch it. Thank God. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and then it like went viral. And I think, I think a big part of why is that it was, it res, it wasn't perfect. And it, people, people appreciate that. People appreciate when things aren't perfect because life isn't perfect. Only Instagram on filters are perfect, right? Because it's not real. It's a filter. Life is messy. Life is about, a lot of life is about, you know, falling and failing and getting back up and maybe not getting back up and lots of other craziness. And if you, if you can kind of be and put yourself in a place of of reframe and perception and and realize that you are just like, you're, you're like everyone else. There's no one that's better than you just because someone looks better or looks more successful or looks at looks are deceiving. We're Mm -hmm. all, we're all trying to get by the best we can. Mm -hmm. And so I always take it to the point, well, if, if that can happen for that person, why can't that happen for me? Why not me? What yeah. is the worst that can happen if I put myself up there? What is the worst that can happen if I fail? And, you know, people, I think, appreciate when you, when you're, when that's familiar, when, because it's familiar, right? Yeah, because we totally. all are doing, we're, we're all doing the same, trying to like do something. So if we can encourage someone to kind of get out of their own way, I think it's really why I think that's why the TED Talk did okay. But I think that's really important, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, one reason. I think, yeah, the the whole subject was so powerful. But I do agree with you, the relatability factor of just, you know, witnessing like, oh shit, look at that. Her mouth is dry because she's nervous. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like that, you know, that by the way, that's a North Star for me, TED Talk, you know? And and I'll tell you straight up, I mean, I public speak in podcasts, but it's very different on stage. And I'm already getting prepared for it because I know that's the direction. That's where I'm taking, you know, um, a part of my career life. But I also yeah. know that that's not a comfortable situation for me. So just from me to you, like real life, like, me witnessing you in that moment, like having those, you know, the, the the nervous system response, but still just delivering, like that's what I'm saying, like showing up with your best and then talk goes viral. Like this is really, this is inspiring versus like, you know, the cookie cutter trying to be perfect and everything just, that's not relatable, you know? It's not, really, it's not who I am, you know? I mean, there are people who are way more put together than I am and probably couldn't like, you know, fake it well. I'm not that way. Like we talked earlier, you said something about authenticity. You know, I think authenticity is super important and people people should want to live their most authentic life because that's when they're the most satisfied, right? If you're living some, some other life that you think that is what you're supposed to do, no one's happy in that way. Mm-hmm. And that's why a part of this whole thing is having a lot of self-awareness and taking a, a look within yourself and be like, what is important to me? What do I like to do? How do I, who, how do I like to spend time? What kind of person do I want to spend my time with? And kind of be, be kind of like take, you know, like kind of like take kind of notes, yeah. mental notes yeah. and map it out and then have to, and be deliberate on what your choices are. Yeah. And then, have some, have some, have, have that, that ability to then take that being deliberate and then go after that exact thing. And the other thing is do it one at a time, because the problem is, you know, if you focus on too many things at once, yeah, nothing ever happens. Well, you do have to have some strategy with this, right? Like you can't try to do, be great at everything, but the idea is 
to have a rich life, which is really, like, really robust. It's not about professional and only about personal, about money or about having a boat, because that's not what I'm trying to say. The rich life is not those things. Yeah. The rich life is having relationships that are satisfying and full and fulfilling a career, a job that you really like to go to. And like, it doesn't feel like you're working. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like a grind, even though you can be grinding all the time. Yeah. experiences that are fulfilling. It, it's it's kind of like a whole holistic thing, right? Because yeah. if you only have one bucket of your life that's fulfilling, let's say your job or your this or whatever it might be, and all these other buckets are empty, there's it's still an imbalance. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no harmony there. No, I there's no harmony there. I love that so much. And I love that you talk about authenticity and self-awareness. Those are two of my core subjects because they really are the greatest agent to, well, self-awareness for for growth, for change, for for development, for self-actualization. And I am with you that I believe you can never, true fulfillment is the result of you living your authentic self because it's logical. Like if you're not actually operating sure. most authentic self, then you're probably not dealing with authentic people or opportunities that are really serving you. You know, it's, it's a fucking slippery slope. So I well, love... But yeah, because one thing, like one thing connects to another thing. Like if you're being authentic in one thing, all those other things, it's like a line. Yeah. None of those things are going to be authentic. Like you're saying that the people you meet and then the opportunities that come from those people and, that, and it just kind of just keeps on going yeah. as opposed to, you know... Just be, having that, taking a taking that moment or taking that time to really figure it out, and then not be concerned about what other people want for you or the pressures you have, because a lot of us live in this these places of going down certain paths because that was kind of like that was kind of part of what we were expected to do from our cultures, our families, or whatever what is. Exactly, you have to be bold to stand against that and stay in your heart, right? Like, yeah, be bold. Or, Right. Or if you have been doing it and you don't know why you feel like this, like dissatisfaction, maybe it's a good time to see what, what, where that dissatisfaction is because it's never too late. Right. Like, I, I don't think that just because you did it for so many years, that is that doesn't mean that you have to continue doing it. If you can stop and pivot and yeah. change. Yeah, absolutely. Do the introspective work, learn your core values, your core self, like all the things we just talked about and and then move from that beat. I, I so agree. I have to tap into this part um, with you to kind of... Um, I think it's important. And I know you talk about this in the book, but bold habits. And I, 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 I love that you, again, because fitness and you know the power of health. And, you know, I, it's interesting how, you know, People have really done a good job of separating mind and body when really your biology supports your psychology and your, you know, they, they work together, right? So when we want to talk about, you know, emotional resilience, like nervous system, like you're afraid, but you still got to take bold action. What are some of the bold habits that, you know, and you don't have to lay it because you have a whole book and I want everybody to read it, but what are some of your like top bold habits that support? Okay, well, because I was going to say, because you did mention something earlier about fitness, and I just, I didn't talk, we didn't talk about it. We just kind of passed on to the next thing. But, yeah. you know, the fitness piece to me is so important, uh, not because of the physicality of it, like, oh, I want a great ass, so I want to have a six pack. I mean, to me, that was like, it's obviously like when you're younger and all that stuff, that could be the reason why people start doing it. Right. But, but, but the byproduct, what you get from, fitness, taking fitness somewhat seriously, the byproduct is so much more vast and important than that. And what you learn, like I've gotten my best life skills from the fitness space. And, you know, which is interesting. Why? Because a lot of times people overlook fitness people. They're like, oh, they're dumb or they don't, they just know they're meatheads. Yeah. The reality is, most fitness becomes a microcosm for the world. In my opinion, you learn goal setting, you learn discipline, you learn structure. You also learn about confidence. You see yourself, you, you create a goal, you, you conquer that goal and you move on to the next thing. So you also learn patience. You got to like wait to see results. There's so many things that you get from the fitness space that really like in my, that, that, that is like those core fundamental values and skill set that I got has, has helped me tenfold in life 
everywhere else. You know, that's the, so because of that, I know the importance and the value that fitness brings to any of this stuff for true success. I literally have an entire podcast based around habits and hustle, right? The name of the podcast, because, because people's healthy habits that they do is why they are like, keep them on point to be the most productive. Now, for me, people who, if you exercise daily, what it does for your cognitive abilities, never mind the physicality, like I said earlier, that's yeah. nice and fine. If you're like, if you know, like I said, it could, if that gets, if that's what gets you in the door, great. But now when I work out, it's because it, the, the, what it does for my, my mood, my cognitive abilities, my being alert and like on point. And then not, not to mention energy begets energy. So all of these, all of these skill sets that I, I got from fitness really, really helped me with all these other things in my life down the road. So fitness to me is one of these healthy habits that are necessary in, in being bold or anything you want to accomplish. Because also when you do it, I also think if you do it first thing in the morning or you do it in the morning, it sets your day off, right? It sets the tone for the rest of the day or for the rest of the week, right? You feel a sense of accomplishment. You feel a self, a sense of self-confidence you, that you did something, that you did something for yourself, that you feel good. Also, the amount of like endorphins. Yes. So all of these things are really important. So when you go after whatever it is you want or ask for what you want or do all those things, that you're in a good mindset, that you're in a good space, right? Because it's very easy to like, like we're saying, talk yourself out of doing something when you feel blah. Yeah. So when you do it from a place of like, okay, you know what? Here I am. I I just I just worked out. I feel good. Um, I, I I'm proud of myself because I did something hard and I didn't want to do it, but here I am. And it's like, let's go. And the rest of the day follows. I. So agree with you. I think, you know, again, I love that you're really bringing in the whole biology and physiology component here because the sad truth is that there's so much fucking low-hanging fruit for people to feel better. And in the feeling better, it it really, it it connects with everything that we've been talking about in this conversation. It's like, you want to do big, bold things? Well, get your biology and your physiology to support you, your brain. I mean, this is why like, I love neuroscience, neurobiology, like your dopamine, your, you know, these endorphins, like you just said, it's going to help you. But if you feel sluggish, if you're full, you know, just sitting all the time and, you know, toxins, environmental, yeah, it's going to be hard to motivate, to feel that energy, to have you take the bold action, right? Yeah, it's also about just setting setting the table, setting yourself up for success. Yeah. You know, like putting yourself in a situation to actually go after whatever it is and to succeed. And you have to set the table. You're going to set yourself up. And so if you are, if you're taking these proper steps and getting yourself into a good ritual and a good routine where you're, you're kind of now primed, so yeah. to speak, yeah. it's much easier to conquer when you, when you kind of feel that you've done those things. Like it's like a, it's very ritualistic that way. Now I'm not saying people need to be an Olympian, right. Or to like, they need to be like, they need to be like a gold medalist. No, I'm just saying like, do something for you every day where you're moving your body, you're sweating and you're changing that physiology that we're talking about. Right. Your neuroplasticity changes with that as well. Right. Like the more physical, physically, strong we feel the more mentally strong we feel they work so hand in hand and sometimes people don't make that connection they think oh you know it's one it's only one it's it's physicality absolutely not there is such a like when i started to really take fitness seriously as a young when i was young Mm -hmm. and really got into that habit it really did change my my brain chemistry yeah it really helped me in really get to a place where i felt like I was unstoppable where I could ask for what I want, that I could be bold. It gave me that extra, that extra confidence, that extra courage. So like, like kind of like, like kind of line yourself up, like make the, make the, the, the stack or the deck, line it up for you to like, to win. Yeah. Yes. Okay. On, and the note on the, the mention of winning. Um, I love all that. I want to know what's the, you know, in, 
2023 new year, what's one big bold um, accomplishment that you're seeking to, you know, to win, to achieve, to actualize? Oh my gosh, that's a really good. That's a good question. So I'm so mired right now with my with the book, right? But I think that what I'd like to do, I have a couple of things that. Um, I'm looking to do in the business, like entrepreneurially, right? In the entrepreneur space. And I want to be able to focus on them. So I think, you know, but I also want to spend, I want to spend time with my kids because they're growing and my kids go grow so fast. I think that right now, it would be nice to have some balance to be able to, 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 to learn a little bit more about how to, because I, I think it's very difficult, like I was saying. Yeah. I'd like to find some balance with my entrepreneurial uh, drive mm-hmm. and my family. I think there's, to me, sometimes one, it's never going to, everything's always out of whack, right? You're heavy on one, one has to you know, suffer. I would be happy if I could just find a little bit more balance. That would be one. That would be that. Would, that's my honest answer. Um, but it's I mean, it's it's a work in progress. It's yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's a lot to juggle, and and it's really real. I know. You know, some of my best friends we talked about. You know, it's like I witnessed. You know, them them as mothers, and then them as these leading women in the entrepreneurial space, you know, I'm um, just charging forward. And I know that it's never an easy, an easy thing to do to, to harmonize the whole thing. So I think it's, it's such an honorable goal to, to be focused on. So I love it. I love it's it. It's hard to do. And I think people who, who don't, who, who aren't honest about it, we're like, Oh yeah, you can have it all. Yeah. Mm, no, you can't. You could have it all maybe at different times of life. You can have it all. But at the same time, something always has to give because where, you know, the flowers, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, like you, wherever you put your energy, that's what grows, you know, like wherever you water, whatever the grass is watered is where the flowers grow. Yeah. And you can't water everything. There's only so much time in a day. And that's why it's really important, like I say, to be deliberate. Pick something that you want, one thing you want, go after it, and maybe another offer. And then after that happens, another opportunities happen, then you can focus on something else. But you know, what I really believe is you need you need to kind of have a somewhat of an outline of how you want your life to be. Mm-hmm. And that is my point. And then you gotta you can fill it in as you go. Yeah. As opposed to letting someone else or letting the letting you know, life circumstances just give it to you. And then you have to just kind of, you're playing, you're just kind of very, you're a very passive player in this thing we call life. I love it. That's a mic drop. So I'm going to end there. Okay. <laughs> so fucking good. Okay. I, God, I adore you. I appreciate you. I mean, for so many reasons, honestly, you know, it's so refreshing, honestly, to, to, listen to someone who is is really established and accomplished is so real about your process your you know everything you're just you're authentic to me that's like a that's number one core value of mine so it, it's going to hit my heart you know in a very powerful way but thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared for doing every because you're fucking contributing I mean your podcast is epic everything will be in the show notes this book, I, I promise, like, I'm not just saying this to be nice. This is going to be one of the greatest gifted books because again, it's number one, I really believe in everything. I stand with you on everything that you share in this book. And I believe that if individuals were operating from more of their A, authentic self, and then taking more bold action, that they would be living a more self-actualized life where they're thriving from within and out, which to me is real success. So this is a gift. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. I second that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so Instagram, where do people go to connect with the you? The Real Jen Cohen on Instagram. They can, right? The real Jen Cohen. They can go on my website. I think TikTok, you know, all the usual places that people get Perfect. found. Okay. All right, girl. Well, th- we're gonna have to do this again. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make Absolutely. Time. I'll see you in LA soon. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. 
Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.